Hello, and welcome to the Episodic Audiobook Series, where I, Con Lavery, read to you books that I wrote, narrated, and did the uh, improv music for. For this season, we are covering Cultivate, Seed Me Relapse Edition. Now, there's an explanation for why it's the Relapse Edition, which we'll uh, cover in an episode. And you can also read that on the book if you were to grab it on Audible or Amazon, all those places. And we're in episode five now. So if you haven't caught the previous episodes, you might want to jump and uh, listen to chapter one because you're going to be lost. Now, for those who have been listening, we are continuing what happens with Logan after they, he and his band played in the Aging Gorilla where he ran into uh, one of those uh, creepy guys in black clothing. And then he tries to pick a fight. And then Jake kind of gives him a psychoanalysis. So they're off to that party now. And Logan just wants to have a good time and enjoy his life. We'll see if that actually happens. Chapter 5. Maybe it wasn't the shits. More booze better fix the stomach. I don't want to go home. Be alone with my mind chatter. Not yet. Especially after seeing Big and Burly and absorbing Jake's deep psychoanalysis of me. We had a good show. I want to recapture that before calling it quits. My revelation will be found at this after party. Revelation. Old man. Oh, ho, ho. not going there. The band and I store the equipment in the back of Seb's SUV. Skip and I take the rear with Janet in the middle. Seb and Jake sit in the front, trying to figure out what track to play on Seb's smartphone. No one in the group is a good car DJ. The phone just goes from one hand to the other with the speakers blaring half-finished songs. I should be excited about this party. Anytime the band and I get together, we have a good night. Those gals Alex had were pretty good looking, and the dude always has the good fluff. Big and Burly won't get out of my mind as I stare at the blotches of slushy snow hitting the busy night streets. Who was he? Why was he at that show? Did it have anything to do with me mentioning Vicky Smith to that old guy? I think about telling Skip, and then I remember how he laughed just before our show. The guy wouldn't get this. In all honesty, I shouldn't be thinking about this kind of stuff right now. The last time when I looked into the cases following Emily's death, I was consumed for endless hours a day, only to be met with dead ends. Okay, fine. I'll bite and jump into the drain cases rabbit hole tomorrow when I'm not off to the party. I'm living now, which is something Skip's hippie fling would say. We reach the west end of White Ave and park a few blocks south where Tight Detonation's house party is. It's easy to spot, being the only one with lights on at this hour. Oh. The blaring music and people drinking on the front veranda help too, I guess. This party looks rockin', Skip says as we all stroll up to the house. Seb and Jake are behind Skip, blabbering on about the show we'd just played. Great. Midnight munchies? No, this stomach gurgle isn't like that. I try to distract myself and say, This looks like shenanigans. Skip says, Only the wildest, my friend. I feel like I reached the peak of that earlier, at the end of the show, I say. What makes you say that? Just a deja vu moment, and then I cause some shit. Jake chimes in. He thinks he's some hero vigilante saving dames in distress. 
Skip snorts. Dude, you of all people need this party, I say. It needs to be one hell of a time to keep my mind from where it's been stuck at. Emily, Skip asks. That and the chick at the back of the Empress. Ah, forget about it. Janet leans over to me, more so drunkenly bumping into me. She's got a slight slur in her words. Have you thought about going to the cops about this weird stuff? She doesn't even know a fraction of it, I say. I'm not exactly in their good books. What about the deja vu? Janet asks. Skip says, you actually believe him? I don't know. It all does seem odd. I say, don't worry about it. I'm not going to the cops. I really don't have much to go on. We reach the veranda where folks are chatting. The door is open with the screen door closed. We enter Partyland where the inside is packed people down the art-filled hall. The music is some fusion of Indian house. Yeah, I know. Disgusting. And people are dancing along to it in the living room. Skip says, Put it aside for tonight, man. Let's celebrate. With that, Skip was off, worming his way into the crowd to the back kitchen. Following him are Seb and Jake who barge into the house. In typical Seb fashion, people move the fuck out of the way. That leaves Janet and me wandering through the hall. She leans into my ear to avoid the loud music. She says with a smile, highlighting her surface piercing, I believe you. Her breath is hot and leaves a tingle. I'm not sure if she's pitying me or if she actually does. She adds, plus, a bit of adventure can always be fun. Some people just aren't into that unraveling a mystery type of thing. Thanks. Good to know I'm not completely crazy. Then again, this is coming from the hippie girl. There's some questionable credibility there in my opinion. They're not bad people at all. Here, I'll use their language. Hippies don't align with my values, which are bound to realism and not unicorn utopias. The exception being the Vicky lookalike weirdo. Anyways, I say, I find it frustrating when I've got nothing to credit me with. I'm not sure why I'm interested in finding out more about it either. Paranoia? Redemption? Maybe, Janice says. Jake thinks I'm trying to justify Emily's death. I'm going to look into this one more time and drop it. Realistically, it's probably nothing and I'm just connecting dots that don't go anywhere. Anyways, I won't bore you. I better not fart in front of her. Thankfully, the loud music makes it impossible for her to hear this gnarly stomach. Janet puts her hand on my arm the second time tonight. Let's get another drink to ease our thoughts. She slurs. Could use one, I say. Hippie takes the lead, squeezing past the condensed mass of people whose shoes are probably ruining the hardwood. I try not to stare at her ass, but the high dress and fishnets don't leave much to the imagination. Some chums with way too strong cologne standing in the hall certainly are checking out Skip's girl. I recognize some of the douches. Something I've learned about Edmonton is how closely connected the arts are. You run into the same people all the time. The whole city is like a small town despite its growing size. Alex's house is lovely. The paintings on the walls are all original. His studio is off in one room. Opposite of it is the living room where the music is projecting. There. I spot some sculptures too. Amazingly, no one has ruined any of the art with all the drinks flying around. Janet keeps walking, heading for the back where the fluorescent light and white tiling whisper to us, booze is here. The kitchen is also jammed with people around the gray marble island. The surface has a stack of red cups beside the plethora of liquor, rum, 
gin, vodka, a couple other hard liquors, and several two-liter bottles of pop. Hell yes. Drown out the mind chatter, please. Seb and Jake and Skip are already gone, lost in the swarm of fun. I find Janet getting two cups, sifting through the liquor. What do you like? She asks. Rum is good, I say. Janet pours our drinks and passes me one. We bump them and take the drink. Skip talks a lot about you, she says. She just met Skip a week ago, and their conversations I've heard her have with him have been incredibly limited. There's no way she knows shit about me. Brain, shut up. We're mingling. Janet adds, He says you're his yin to his yang. How sweet. Since I moved out here, we've been friends. We've stuck by each other's side even when things got rough. Mostly with me. Skip has been the same since the day I met him. It's cute. Hey, maybe I am getting a little too personal, but... Skip mentioned you knew someone who was part of the 420 draining? Of course. I take a gulp of liquor and say, Yeah, it was my girlfriend. Oh, wow, I'm so sorry. X, really, we had broken up already. Like, just broken up. I don't want to get into it while I'm at a party. I just stopped my own head from going on about it. Chicks dig serial killer shit and a good sob story. Depending on how you spin it, they'll get sucked right into your bullshit for an easy fuck. This is Janet. Skip likes her, and I don't want to make a personal connection. She'll be gone in a week. Plus, the whole sad story approach isn't my style when picking up girls. She's young and doesn't have a grasp on her feelings. And chicks love musicians. I say, so don't worry about it. Emily was her name and she and I weren't in touch at the time. Still a freaky thing, you know? The news said the corpse in the truck last week was killed the same way as the victims of the 420 draining case. Yeah, freaky. I need some fun. Janet isn't doing it. Janet leans on the counter closer to me, taking a sip of her drink. I don't know. I would want to find out more about it. I mean, the drain cases are interesting enough. You know much about them? She giggles. <laughs> I've done some research looking for a late night spook. I wanted to find out if it was a sacrificial thing. What makes you say that? She taps her pentagram necklace. I've been a practicing Wiccan for most of my life. So, when I see certain patterns or sense energies, not just in murders, other things too, I want to get an idea of what type of force we're dealing with. That's so. So, I read up on the cases because they were so strange. No one has answers, and they just show up from nowhere. You think it's some weird witchcraft thing? I don't know. There are no real signs of a ritual or sacraments being made. Think it's a serial killer? Like the guy in the truck is the murderer? It has to be. There hasn't been a recorded serial killer in Edmonton for decades. Huh. She knows her stuff. Maybe there's more to Janet after all. Janet continues, playing with her hair fast. Then this guy shows up? It's kind of exciting, actually. It's nice to know someone who actually takes this case seriously, too. It makes you not feel so alone. Okay. I see where this is going. Janet, Janet, Janet. To be so young and flirtatious. I see why she and Skip get along. No doubt. Look, I'm gonna find Skip. He's probably getting into some party supplies. Janet leans back, holding her arms. Oh, okay. Goodbye, Janet. Perhaps things aren't going so well with Skip and her. My point was proven. She has that rock star guy fantasy and anyone will fill that void. Pathetic. She has a lot of growing up to do. On the flip side, as Skip mentioned, 
He has no plans on settling down, so it isn't like they're dating. To be fair, she is open game. But unless Skip says he's done, I'm not gonna stick it in her. I have way too much on my mind. Skip better have some lines. If I'm at this party, I might as well do it right. Through the hall, I spot Skip's mohawk above the crowd in the living room. He's with Jake. My arrival catches Skip's attention. Logan, my man, Skip says. I lean into Skip's ear. Where can we find some fluff? I need fun. Why don't we ask the host of the party? He puts his arm around me, and the two of us head to find Alex. We make our way back to the kitchen where Seb, Alex, and the same gals from the aging gorilla stand by the island. Janet is nowhere to be found. Good riddance. Skip and I cut into the group of four, catching the middle of Seb's sentence. I found myself a little too boozy to keep the drums straight. Seb mimics playing the drums and hits Skip's shoulder. Then I snapped the stick and it flung into Skip's head here. That was good timing, Skip says. The group laughs as Alex says, You guys are batshit crazy. I like that. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I say. Skip says, Speaking of which, any of you know where we can get some blow? I'm sure that the host of this party could tend to his guests. Alex says, Now we're talking. Follow me. White road, here we come. Seb grabs me before I can join the group. You sure? He asks. Yeah, I need to loosen up. You coming? I ask. You know I don't partake. You shouldn't either. Look, I won't lecture you anymore. Just watch it. Cool, man. Thanks. It's been a hell of a day. Don't overdo it. Dad sets me free and I catch up with the group heading to the staircase at the entrance. Seb is a good guy. He's constantly wrangling us three back in, keeping us in line. But tonight, I'm here for some fun. I am moving on. The group is already up the stairs and I follow to subdue myself in the reinvigorating joys that come from the tiny white powdered goodness. I already feel my nose twitching in anticipation. I'm halfway up the stairs and catch wind of a conversation. The guy says, The thing that always got me was her voice. It was so squeaky like Donald Duck. I know, the girl exclaims. For real though, it's a real shame what happened. Yeah, totally. Would have never wished that upon her. The drainer is a sick piece of shit. Last week, I say, you two talking about the girl who died? The girl says, yeah, Vicky. Dude, Skip shouts from atop the stairs. Right, don't overthink this. I'm off to have a good night. Messed up stuff, I say. Then, I hurry up the stairs and all five of us enter the master bedroom. It's got more cool art, abstract stuff with blotches of color and texturizing. The bed itself has silky black sheets. This must be Alex's sex throne. Perhaps I do have some severe shits coming up. Why now? All four of us sit in a circle as Alex brings a tiny white table to the group, kneeling down. He pulls out a bag of fluff from the coke pit's drawer and cuts up five rails neatly on the table. Oh yes, come to me. Alex says, first round is on me, and if you want any more, we'll work out a deal. He's clearly looking at the two girls. Ladies first. The girls do their lines fast with blaring sniffs. Twitch, twitch. One gal passes me the rolled up 20. Finally, I lean into the table, placing the tube in my nostril and take a big inhale. Sniff. Oh, the joys that the fine powder will bring. We all do our lines, sniffling as our nostrils twitch. The second gal says, good shit. Skip beside her says, Speaking about you, the girl laughs. 
Oh, you mean the Coke, Skip says. It looks like Skip is on to the next conquest. Each to their own, I suppose. Fuck, I'm down for another line, Alex says, eyes popping. He lays out some new lines. So, fellas, we need to do a tour together. Hit the road and take these girls with us. What do you say, ladies? The first gal says, That would be amazing. If there's more of this, then I'm in. There's plenty more, Alex says. Ow, this hurts. A hand is gripping my innards. I just need more lines. One by one, we ride the white road. The night is young, 1 or 2 a.m., and we're ready to keep going. Coke is good stuff if you get into it, but if you don't know how to handle your high, it can be terrible for you and those around you. Obviously, I know. Already, I can feel the hum rushing into my veins. My senses are heightened, and I'm aware of everything. The muffled music from downstairs, the crowd, our room, everything is here at this moment. No more mind wandering. This energy is europhic and I'm ready to rock. No wonder I was hooked on it. It's not like I ever wanted to stop either. Emily wanted me to. I never listened and all I did was slow down my consumption. Emily was never a fan of my choice of drugs. She was always more of a stoner girl. Whoa, Alex is pretty close to the first gal. By close, I mean his hands are around her thighs as her hands wrap around his neck. What the hell? How did I miss that? Here I am with the fantastic heightened sensation, watching Alex get up all on this girl's body. Skip suddenly has his tongue rammed down the other girl's throat. Then there's I, just sitting, thinking about Emily. The fuck am I doing? A spike is jammed into my gut. Holy shit, what is this? My whole body is sweating like mad from every gland. I'm a little dizzy. The air is tight and warm. Yo, Alex, was there anything else in that? Alex is whispering something to the girl, not even paying attention. I'm sweating balls in here, I say. I bolt out of the room, leaving the two pairs of horny coke fiends. This pain is unbearable. I need to find a restroom. It's impossible to tell if I need to take a good shit or vomit. Something is coming out of a hole. Another spike of pain soars to new heights. I wobble through the hall, almost falling into people. I keep my balance, clutching my gut. There, at the end of the hall is a bathroom. The door is open. God almighty, hold it in. Slam. I lock the bathroom door and collapse onto my knees in front of the toilet, putting my bets on the porcelain bus. The tightening amplifies as my arm shakes, opening the lid and leaning into the pew-littered rim. I cough several times, gagging, placing all my weight on my forearms, right on top of some piss stains. There's no going back now, and I cough again, gagging and hurdle a mixture of thick stomach acid and blood. Deep red liquid oozes down my lower lip. Stomach goods rush into my mouth and project into the bowl. Birthing of a brother. The voices are loud, echoing in the bathroom. I'm busy, I shout, glancing at the door. It's locked. Hearing my own voice, I know that that didn't come from the hall. No, the dozen voices are closer like a whisper right in my ear. That was not coke in those lines. I think I got it out. The pain is lessening with each deep exhale I make. Black flakes are floating in the water mixed with a ton of red. That has to be something I ate earlier. Wait, when did I eat? Yesterday? I can't recall. Thankfully, the stomach ache loses its strength and I hawk a spitball into the toilet followed by a flush. 
I reached the sink with newfound strength and washed the coppery, acidic taste from my mouth. My face and eyes are light pink. Jeez, I need some fresh air. No one heard my grotesque vomit in the hall. Good. I exit the house and pull out a cigarette from my jacket. My heart is still racing from the coke, feeling it tingle in my hands. The energy from the drug and clarity of vomiting is mutating into anger. That's a coke rage. Fucking Alex. That was blood in my vomit. Those voices? My mind chatter? I have no idea. The smoke will help. A light and an inhaler later, I begin to calm down. Sort of. I need to distract myself from my thoughts. None of the people out here are saying anything interesting and I stroll around the veranda leading to the back. There's no fences and the alley is filled with snowy slush and pools of water. No one else is back here. Strange. I can probably use the space to clear my head. Let the coke high calm down. God damn Alex, I'm pissed. But the stomach thing happened before the coke. There's probably nothing. I'll wrap up this dart, get another drink and get back into the game. This is a good night. How could I not enjoy it? An icy wind picks up, rustling fallen leaves into the air. Grow now. For real? Alex must be too stupid to realize it was laced. Until you bloom. All right, cut the shit out, I shout. Once again, realizing how much louder my own voice is compared to the raspy whispers, I spin around, feeling my spine tingle. The hairs on my neck stand up and I get a shiver. Jesus, keep it together, man. The World Mother welcomes you. Meth? Footsteps and a rattling wheel come from the alleyway. Two sharp shadows appear in the center of the alley, the street lamp painting a short one and a large one. If it's some drunk that's saying this shit, I'm going to give him something to remember. We will grow. Holy shit. The alleyway shadows reveal the short old man in a sun hat and trench coat, walking alongside Big and Burly, whose pale hands are pushing a red wheelbarrow. The rusty bowl has two blue tarps wrapped in a rope that are eerily close to the size and shape of human bodies. Thump, thump, breathe arrhythmia. My once resurrected stomach strength sinks deep, deep into my gut into a pool of fear. It's one I haven't felt since being scared of the dark as a kid. I'm petrified, looking at the old man with Big and Burly. The two men stop in the middle of the alley. Big and Burly watches me while the old man keeps looking forward, face forming a scowl to show his rotten yellow teeth. I can't see his eyes under that stupid hat. The two stand for a moment as I remain frozen, fearful of who they are and what they're going to do. Then the two continue with the wheel rattling. What? I shout, impatient with his pissing around. I'm scared shitless and pumped with coke and adrenaline. Coke rage is back, baby. What? I shout again, rushing down the back porch. The two do not reply. If you have something to say, say it and stop following me, you freaks. They keep going. Thump, thump. I know Vicky Smith. I shout. The old man looks back, still walking. He says in that chilling Scottish brogue. Where is she? How should I know? Who the hell are you clowns anyway? Sharing the same tattoos and jacket as Vicky? You guys in some cult or something? I chuck my cigarette butt at them. The old man stops, glaring at the ash hitting a pool of water. I am looking for her, 
she needs to come home, as will you. Home? Quit pussyfooting around, old man. What's in the tarps? A mirror, the old man says, stroking the blue tarp. Fuck off, I say. Our paths are sealed to cross again. Logan! Janet's voice rings from the back of the porch. Big and burly an old man turn, walking down the alleyway as Janet comes up beside me, arms folded. Hey, she says. I don't pay attention, and watch the two men morph back into the dark shadows, disappearing into the night alley. Was that the guy from the farmer's market? Janet asks. I keep staring into the black void, anger boiling in me. Janet touches my arm, the third time tonight, jolting me back to the moment. You okay? You look... I rub my neck. Yeah, that's the old guy from the farmer's market. Here? I don't know. He was asking about Vicky. Vicky? The girl from that truck? I need a drink, I say, storming back to the house. Janet hurries to catch up with me. Hey, Logan, wanna get out of here? Party time is over. That sure was one awesome night. Woohoo, Skip is right. I should just move on and live my life. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish I could. I wish I could just root myself into civilization and think that's all there is to reality. Oh no, there's so much more out there. This isn't some serial killer. Cult? Maybe. Creepy ass weirdos in trench coats with body sized tarps? Bingo. Oh man, that was some weird stuff. Maybe Logan is right about uh, the whole 420 drain case and the old man and uh, all that stuff because that was creepy seeing that in the alley. And what does uh, Janet want? We'll find out in episode six. You can always jump ahead by grabbing the whole audiobook, the ebook, or the print on all the distributors. Or if you just want new stuff, check out the Patreon where you'll get extra goodies and monthly new stories. Thank you and take care. Ciao.